Well, hello there, and thanks for tuning in to HC Conversations, a podcast where we have discussions around faith, life, politics, and more, and how to navigate those things as a follower of Jesus. You'll also find audio from weekly messages at Hope Community. Thanks for joining us for today's podcast. Let's jump in. Well, hello, and welcome back to HC Conversations. This is the second episode of the podcast, and uh, today's going to be a little bit different. Um, We actually had another episode recorded and ready to go, but in light of kind of recent events or um, uh, what's been in the news, we decided to change direction a little bit. Uh, And so normally we'll record this a week in advance. We'll record on Monday, and it will drop the next Monday. But this morning we are recording, and it's going to come out later today. So if you're listening to this on Monday, May the 11th, um, this is when we're recording it. I'm laughing right now because Phil said normally this is what we do. Um, You know, we've only done really two episodes. So this is what we want to do. This is what we will do. (laughs) We'll be a week in advance. And so we had something planned to drop today. That, that would be coming out on the podcast and whatever conversation we're having this morning would come out next week. But we've changed that a little bit in light of recent events. Um, and it's actually not even that the events are recent. Right. It's that the uh, the public knowledge of the events have been made known in the past week or so. And then that highlights part of the, the issue. Uh, and so we want to spend a few minutes talking about um, racism, racial, racial issues uh, in this country, and specifically as it relates to the church. Uh, all of right. this in light uh, of what happened or what was revealed um, that happened in Georgia um, with the, the murder of uh, Ahmad Arbery. And I'm going to try to make sure I keep pronouncing that name right. So if you, ha- if you don't know what's going on, um, I would just encourage you to, to, to look it up. Um, and figure out what happened, but we're going to talk about that a little bit this morning. Yeah, so um, I guess let's first talk a little bit about maybe just the race, racism in our community in America um, and how it's been so politicized. Uh, that's one of the things that we were talking about earlier is if you're concerned about racial justice, uh, you're automatically lumped into the d- Democratic camp. And if you're not concerned about racial justice, then you're lumped into the Republican camp. And it's become so politicized. So if you're like concerned about you know, racial justice, you're a Democrat, and that means you're not a Christian because only Republicans can be Christian in certain parts of our country. Right. I'm, I mean, I'm going to try really hard not to sound too angry during this podcast, but even just talking about it now, like I'm, I'm just ticked. I'm, I'm mad about that because like mm-hmm. what you just said, this idea that, you know, if you're concerned about things like race and social justice, you automatically it's been everything's been so politicized. You automatically have to fall in one camp. Um, and if you're in the other camp, if you're if you're on the more on the right end of the spectrum, then you don't care about these things. And I'm just like. Okay, when did becoming a good human being become something political? Right. When did caring about people become something that, well, you have to vote a certain way to care about people? Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, so where we live, it's small town, it's rural. Uh, there is a perspective that if you care about things uh, such as race or social justice, then you're a Democrat. And, by the way, you can't be a follower of Jesus if you're a Democrat. Right. So, therefore, you can't be a follower of Jesus and care about Social, social issues. issues, social mm-hmm. justice, issues of race. And quite honestly, that just ticks me off. Right. Like, stop hijacking my Jesus, please. Right, because, uh, I mean, open up the pages of Scripture and show me. <laughs> show me that. Yeah, yeah, show me. Yeah, show, show me the data. Show me, show me the <laughs> data. Um, so, yeah, we are, you know, disturbed by this. We're, we're hurting. 
Um, and so we, we want to just spend some time talking about, you know, how followers of Jesus should, um, I guess, act during this time. Yeah, I, I, and I think the first place to start is understanding if you're a follower of Jesus, if you call yourself, you know, a Christian, then this this has to be an issue for you. This right. has to be something that that you care about, that you're concerned with. Even if you say, well, you know, it doesn't affect me directly, um, it does. And even if it doesn't mm-hmm. affect you directly, that's still not reason to, to not be right, concerned to ignore about it. it. Um, and there's a difference between, I guess, you know, you, you, maybe you'll, you'll say, well, I'm not, I'm not racist. I don't have those thoughts. And so it's not something that I have to concern myself with. Well, there's a difference between actively participating um, and actively not doing anything about it. If right. That makes sense, right? Like, yeah, it's, it's absolutely wrong to participate in, in, in racism, to have raci- racist thoughts, to act in a racist way, to discriminate against people. But if you're a Christian, and I think if you're a good human being, but especially if you're a follower of Jesus, it's just as wrong to, to see an injustice, to know the right thing to do, and to not act, right. to not You're speak abdicating out. your responsibility. Just abdicating. Sitting passively by and letting things happen without yeah. doing anything. And I guess, I mean, this is where we'll get into maybe a little bit of the personal aspect of things. Um, I don't think it's a secret if you're listening to this and you know where we're actually from. Uh, we're in a small rural town and growing up here, we're both from around here. Mm-hmm. Um, there were undertones certainly of racism in this right. community. Uh, growing up in school, uh, you know, you would hear, you know, just kind of in- inappropriate joking comments, you know, judgment calls, just these, these, whether they were little things or big things, I mean, you would see things that were actively racist. I know for me, I grew up playing sports. uh, And so sometimes there would be just kind of that locker room banter and things that some of the guys would say and jokes that would be made. Um, It's like, yeah, racism is alive and well. And it was a part of, of my growing up experience. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's like, okay, well, my thinking was then, I, I'm not racist. I never joined in on that. I right. wouldn't say those things, but I also never spoke up and said, Hey guys, like cut it out. Like that's not right. Right. And, and looking at that now, it's like, I was just as guilty as they were Yeah. because I wasn't willing to stand up for someone and say, mm-hmm. this is, this is inappropriate. Um, so yeah, I don't know if you have, yeah, any- I experienced, you know, the same thing growing up, same town, same school system. You know, it, it was just, everywhere um and just like phil i mean i sat passively by and instead of saying something because i mean as a kid you don't realize that you can do something and that you should speak out against it but as adults as followers of jesus it's time for us to stop sitting passively by and for us to speak out against injustices that are committed against people of color, whether African-American, Latino, or Asian. I mean, right now, a lot of injustices are being carried out against Asian-Americans because it's been said that this is the Chinese virus, and so we you know, should be afraid of people from China because it's their fault. Yeah, and even if you're not actively saying that, it goes beyond just, okay, what I'm actively doing versus the initial thought that pops into my head when I see someone mm-hmm. who is of a different race than me. And we'll take the example of uh, with coronavirus right now and the some of the racism we've seen towards uh, people who are of an Asian descent. <clears throat> and maybe you're not you know spreading false lies and saying it's their fault. But if, if you see them and it's like, I feel more threatened by them 
than I would of a Caucasian person? Do, do I think I'm at a greater risk of getting sick from them than I would a Caucasian person? Like that's, that is racism in the recesses right. of our mind causing me to see you differently mm-hmm. just because you look different than I do. Right. Um, so I think one of the places, I guess, to, to get off a little bit of the rant and move towards constructively, what can we do about this and how should we respond? Um, thinking back to just, you know, my story, our experiences, where we currently are. So again, in, in our community, um, we're not a very racially diverse community, although mm-hmm. it's a little bit more diverse than it used to be, thankfully. I think that is a, is a great it thing. It is, yeah. Um, but, you know, we, we may not have, and maybe this is your context as well, you don't have, I guess, direct, um, uh, you know, contact you don't have relationships maybe or or see people are are part of your regular day who are of a different race than you but that doesn't give us um excuse or give us reason not to be engaged right Right. in in the world that we live in now we are all way more connected than we've ever been um and i I love the quote from uh, dr martin luther king where he says injustice anywhere is a threat to injustice everywhere so just because it doesn't directly affect me um, I still have a role to play, especially if you are a follower of Jesus. Right. Um, I'd like to go to just a couple of little passages of scripture. I know this probably usually won't be something we do a lot on the podcast. Um, you know, it's, this isn't like supposed to be like a Bible study, but again, just to frame this up um, for followers of Jesus, here, here's what uh, we read in James four seventeen: If anyone knows the good that they ought to do and doesn't do it, it's a sin for them. Mm. And then uh, in Proverbs chapter three, we read, do not withhold good from those who deserve it when it is in your power to act. Right. So here's the idea that even if you're not actively participating in racism, even if you know, you're like, well, I don't even, I don't, I don't even know anyone of a different race. Well, that right there is, is an issue, is an issue, is, is a problem, but if you know the right thing to do and don't do it, if you know that, that you should speak up and don't speak mm-hmm. up we are just as guilty as right. if we were actually committing the, the hatred and the racism ourselves. Right. So first place to start for me would, would be for all of us. If you're a follower of Jesus, never take the, the attitude, well, this is somebody else's problem. No, right. it's, it's our problem. Yeah. I mean, if like Phil said, you're quoting Dr. Martin Luther King, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. It's all of our responsibility, especially as a follower of Jesus, especially if you're white. So Phil and I, we're both white. We're educated, middle-class white men. I mean, like the top of like privilege in our society. And we have a, a platform. And so we're going to you know, use a platform to speak out against this, to speak out against injustice, um, because it's in our power to do so, to not withhold that good and our ability to do that. Yeah. I mean, just even that thought right there of like, it's within our power to do that. Not that we have some huge platform where there's tons and tons of people listening to us, but, and here it is again, because of what we look like, we are able to, to say some things that people will pay attention to without automatically writing us off. Right. Right. That is a form of privilege. Like there are people that will listen to what I'm saying, the words that are coming out of my mouth right now, simply because I look a certain way way right um and so yeah whatever it is that we have we want to be able 
to use. Mm-hmm. Like that is kind of the idea of privilege. And I know that word and that idea will set some people off and I'm okay with that. Right. Um, because you know, if you are in a position of privilege, we don't think I'm not privileged. This is just normal. It's just normal for me. But what we fail to understand is normal for us is what other people are trying to get to. Right. Like someone sees my life and goes, I wish, I wish I could have that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what, wherever, you know, we're going to try to speak out, but what, whatever voice you have, please use it. Right. Like, that absolutely. is, that is the way of, of Christ. I mean, Christ did not consider his life something to be grasped, but rather he emptied himself for our sake. Yeah. And so he laid down his life. He didn't use it as a privilege, even though he could have. He, he decided to use that for the benefit of other people. And that's, as followers of Jesus, that's one of the things that we are called to do is to embody Christ by laying down our lives, our rights, for the sake of those who have none, for the sake of the oppressed, the widow, the orphan. Um, and in doing so, I mean, we... We, we show people who God is and his, his heart and his love for other people. We show people uh, just how great the kingdom of God is. The kingdom where, as the Apostle Paul um, says in Galatians chapter 3, verse 26, he says, So in Christ Jesus you are all children of God through faith. For all of you were baptized into Christ and have closed yourselves with Christ. There is therefore neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor there is there male or female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. So if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. There is neither black nor white. There is neither Republican nor Democrat. There is neither, you know, we could go on and on. That's what Paul is trying to get us to understand. Look, you are all one because we all serve the same God. And it's time for us to recognize that and to come under that. And not just say, "Oh, that's a nice verse." I, yeah, that just makes me yeah, feel we, so we good. We read right over that, and that was a that was a radical thing for Paul to say in the right. first century. I mean, that was those are words that got him into trouble, right? right? Like because for for them, it wasn't necessarily about race, but it was about ethnicity. Ethnicity, Jew so versus Gentile. Jew versus Gentile. They hated one another. I mean, slave versus free. The different classes in right. that society. This was his point is like, look, like we are on equal footing. Mm-hmm. Like and th- this is a core thought of, of Christian faith is that every sing- single human being that you are ever eyeball to eyeball with is made in the image of God. Mm-hmm. They have value, dignity, right. and worth that can never be taken away from them. Right. I mean, I'll go, back, go ahead and read Genesis 1, 26. And God said, let us make mankind in our image and our likeness so that they may rule over the fish of the seas and the birds of the sky of life stock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move on the ground so god created mankind in his own image in the image of god he created them male and female he created them and it's no coincidence that the f- name of the first humans adam which means humanity and e which means life that he created humanity in life to reflect his goodness to reflect his image he created humanity. Everyone. That means everyone, not just white people, not just black people, not just Asians. He created everyone in his likeness. Yeah. Just like, just getting that right, just... It changes everything. It changes everything. It changes absolutely everything. And I hope that we can wrestle with this. I hope that we can understand this. Um, as followers of Jesus, if you're listening to this, like this is so crucial for us that... The idea of 
of whether it's it's fighting its racism or it's some other uh, issue of social justice, it is not an add-on to the gospel. Mm-hmm. It's not some secondary thing that just comes after you know whatever. Because there are arguments that that I will hear and people say sometimes. Well, like that's that's not the church's area to wade into, right? Because the church is just about preaching the gospel and about winning souls. And souls. Okay. First of all, that's really bad theology that we don't have time to get into right, right. now. Uh, it's not just about you know saving my air quotes saving souls. We, we misunderstand what the gospel even is. The gospel is the gospel of the kingdom of God. There is no racism in the kingdom of God, mm-hmm. and so therefore we won't. We're, we're not going to stand for it. Right. There's this idea that, that people think you can separate the two, and it is absolutely possible to have social justice without the gospel. There are, there are incredible organizations, there are incredible individuals who are not Christian, who are fighting for the rights of people. And that's awesome. Mm -hmm. I applaud them. You can have social justice without the gospel, but it is impossible to have the gospel without social justice. You cannot have the gospel of Jesus that says every single human is made in the image of God. And Jesus said, I is worth giving my life for and not have as his followers follow that up with, okay, then I'm willing to lay down my life for them too Mm -hmm. and fight for not just where they spend eternity, but how they live this life right now. Right. Like that is core to the gospel. Right. And so if you're hearing this, this is, this is my anger getting maybe the best of me again too. And you disagree. Well, that's fine. (laughs) That's absolutely fine. You you probably um, aren't going to be too happy with, with me or Paul or our church, but that's okay. Because we're committed to Jesus. Sorry. <laughs> and there are plenty of other churches out there for I, you. I'm, I'm um, not actually on a soapbox right now, but like metaphorically. If you, you, you could you be on a soapbox, you would be right now. Um, so let's, I, I just, I guess just moving on and continuing in this conversation. Um, you know, if you're like me, you've probably read many articles. Uh, and one of the articles that I, uh, just a quote that sticks out um, comes from, Malcolm Foley, he's a PhD student at Baylor University. Um, He writes a blog called Mere Orthodoxy, and it was shared uh, by a professor that I had in in university, in college. (laughs) University, I just sound like I'm like We're on the other side of the pond now. (laughs) Um, (laughs) When I went to university. So he he shared this article, and I I read it and thought it was really good. Um, But Malcolm is African-American, and one of the things that he said in this article is that, uh, I'll just quote him, uh, white supremacy in a move that is typical of sin has erected walls of protection around itself to the point that some think it is reasonable for two armed white men to demand that a black man stop for them and then for them to shoot him. Yeah. I, I, the, if, if you're, when you saw the video or when mm-hmm. you heard about the events, if your first thought was, well, he should have stopped for them. Right. The what, two, what is that? Like, yeah. They're like, they're two white men. Who are they to say, stop for me because you're a different color? Right. Would you, I mean, like, would you have stopped for him? I wouldn't have. No. If I saw a couple guys chasing me, I would be running. Right. Like, I, yeah, that is just. That's messed up. It is so messed up. It is so messed up. And, and so, like, we find ourselves in this place, or hopefully, as a follower of Jesus, you find yourself in this place mm-hmm. where you are both, I mean, just beyond angry and completely heartbroken, mm-hmm. but don't stay there. Like, again, like we, we got to use this to drive us to say, okay, well then we're not going to stand for this. Right. Like, we have to do something. We have to give voice to this. Right. Um, a friend of mine from college, uh, he posted 
on Facebook. Uh, you know that that could have been him. He's a, he was a cross country you know runner in college, and a pretty good one at that. And he's like, you know, that very well could have been me because he's black. And spent time talking, and in his article said how him and some of his friends would talk about how they thought it was just so weird that um, white people had, you know, people that they called safe blacks, basically, you know, black people that they could be racist around, the black people be okay with it, or moderately okay with it. Um, That's just crazy uh, that something like that exists, um, that... Yeah, we find if you're white and you try to find black people that you can scrub them of their blackness uh, it, it just to be racist around yeah. um, or to make you feel comfortable. That's messed up. That's that is very right. messed up. And we, we try to like strip away people's identities and people's histories. And because mm-hmm. that's an argument that I'll hear a lot of times. And I mean, I, I guess I can I can kind of understand where you're where you're coming from. But but still, it just it's an incomplete viewpoint where I'll have people like I'll hear, you know, white people, friends of mine who'll say something like, you know, first of all, it's not in the past, but the idea of well, you know, racism, it's in the past mm-hmm. and, and the, the atrocities of Jim Crow and all that's in the past and slavery, it's in the past. I don't know why we can't just get past that and move on. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's not, well, first of all, it's not in the past. Like right. a- events like this. like this show us that it yeah. is not in the past. And even if it is, when we fail to understand the past and how that's shaped us and, and, and how that affects us now, well, what's the quote? Like those who fail to remember history are doomed to relive it. Yeah. Like that, it's that kind of an idea. It's like, hey, this is part of our history, whether it's good or bad or ugly. Like it is our history. And to just sweep it under the rug and say, well, can't we all just, you know, yeah, move, move forward. On. Forgive it. and forget. Yeah. That kind of stuff. It just doesn't work. Right. Um, and it also, we were, we were having this conversation before we got on here, is that um, it, it doesn't do justice to other people's cultures. No. You know, as, you know, white Americans, both of us, part of, like, our culture is, like, we don't really, uh, our heritage and family and ancestry and individual, like, uh, ethnic cultures isn't that big of a deal to us. Mm-hmm. But to people of color, it's a lot bigger of a deal right right um you know knowing some some black people or, or latino people like their ancestry it's a lot more important to them mm-hmm. but we want to be like no i want to f- enforce my way of viewing the world on you and mm-hmm. since my ancestry and my culture isn't important to me yours doesn't get to be important to you either right um, and that's just not fair right so Phil, you had a, a thing that you wanted to share. Yeah, I think we're, we're getting pretty close to, we are to winding down, yeah. but so I follow several people on Instagram that are in the ministry world. Um, pastors, speakers, people that work with students, lead churches and other things. And, um, uh, the, this particular guy that I follow, his name is Gerald Fatiomi. And I never know if I'm pronouncing his last name, right? I don't actually know him personally. Uh, but I've heard him speak on several occasions at family ministry conferences and things, and um, he led a, a very large ministry uh, in at a church in the South, and um, he's just just a really good guy from what I can understand from a distance, and he's doing incredible things for the kingdom and leading people, and, uh, and, and he's black. And he posted this picture of him um, speaking to like a crowd of like 10,000 ministry leaders, and right below it then he posted a picture of... Um, his his arrest record and i want to read what he 
what he wrote in this, uh, this post because this really, I guess it brought it into perspective for me of like thinking, wow, this is a guy that's making huge impact for the kingdom of God and leading people and, and doing these incredible things. And this is his story. So I'm just going to read this to you. Uh, he said, this morning I thought it was important to maybe give some perspective. When stories of racism seem far off, they can be easy to dismiss. And honestly, in our world, that's kind of what it is. It right. seems like it's something happening somewhere else. But he goes on to say, my friends, the stories aren't far off. I made this picture and chuckled. The top picture is me speaking to a crowd of 10,000 ministry leaders about unity, challenging us and pushing us to be the church that Jesus prayed for. The bottom of the picture is my arrest record. On that night, I wasn't a speaker, a pastor, an author, or a young kid with potential. I was black, and it was a problem. In 2008, I was 19 years old. I sat by a pool with some friends at midnight eating pizza and laughing. No drugs, no alcohol, just pizza. There have been robberies in the neighborhood recently, so when a neighbor saw black kids at their pool, they called the police. We were arrested. No warning, no explanation. I was taken to jail overnight. The next morning was transported in shackles to the county jail. After 21 hours or so, I was released. When I saw a judge, they laughed, dismissed the case, and said we should have been given a warning and then sent home. I wish that was the end of the story, but the mugshot taken of me that night was posted on web websites all over the internet. It cost me days, thousands of dollars, and multiple conversations with lawyers to have them removed. My reputation was attacked by people who saw it. My character was questioned because I was black and at a pool. Fortunately for me, the neighbor called the, the for, fortunately for me, the neighbor that called the police that night um, called the police that night instead of approaching me with a shotgun and ending my life. This is one of many experiences with racism that I've had. Ahmad's story is our story. It's not too different from the man who tried to get me fired from my job and banned from my church because I dated his white daughter. It's not too different from when I was pulled over and accused of throwing cocaine out of my window as a pastor. It's not too different than the small group of boys in the student ministry I led screaming the N-word on the bus all the way to camp as loud as they could. The only difference in our stories is I'm still alive to tell mine. Mm -hmm. To pretend that this isn't happening or it's not my problem is to be completely unfaithful to Jesus. Right. And so as people of faith, let's not be okay with this. Mm -hmm. um, use whatever influence you have. Use whatever voice you have. Use whatever position you have um, to speak up for uh, those who don't have a voice. Right. The other good day, I, you know, I reached out to a friend of mine in the African-American community uh, to just let her know I was thinking about her and that this hurts um, and just, you know, just see, you know, how she was doing and what she would have me to say to, you know, the people listening to this podcast, to our congregation. And uh, first of all, she said, Paul, you are my brother. You're bro my brother from a different mother. And, you know, just... First of all, like you got to know this lady. Whenever she, whenever I see her um, at you know work meetings, she always, whenever she, the first thing she does is she goes around the room and gives everybody a hug and says, "I love you," and like you just you want a hug from this lady because it's just like ah, oh, just so special. Um, but then she went on to say, just tell people, like reach out to your African American friends and let them know this hurts me too, that we're in this together. And that you don't have to walk through this alone. Um, and so that's what I, I say to you. If you have friends that are of color, uh, whether they're Latino, whether they're Asian, whether they're African-American, reach out to them and let them know that 
this hurts you too because not saying anything that just is bad it, it makes them assume that you don't care and that uh, you're willing to sit by and let things like this continue and I think that is a good place to end the podcast today mm-hmm. um, I don't have any any more thoughts to add yeah. there's no great words of wisdom other than I mean let's follow Jesus mm-hmm. and let's do the hard things and have hard conversations and be willing to sacrifice for the benefit of others right um, I don't know I feel like I feel like today is a good place to end I, I just think we should pray I agree um, and then we'll get out of here okay and so father God, we pray God, we pray for uh, just so many who are hurting who are just devastated uh, by another senseless act of, of racism um, God and what seems to be an all too common occurrence God, we pray for just your healing God for uh, Ahmad and his family for so many people of color in this nation who this is is the reality that they face every day God I pray that 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 you if there is any any ounce of of racism any any bit of hatred within our hearts that you would remove that mm-hmm. God I pray that that you would do a work in your church that, that, that you by your Holy Spirit would transform us to go out and to be a voice that stands up and, and when we see hatred when we see wrong when we see injustice when we see racism say that this is not the way of the kingdom mm-hmm. of God and we will not stand mm-hmm. for it mm-hmm. God that is our prayer today yes, Father we uh, we thank you that you have given us a picture of what your kingdom looks like that there is no such thing as race in your kingdom, that there is no such thing as you know, gender inequality, that there is no such thing as um, you know, socioeconomic inequality in your kingdom. So, Father, would you give us the courage to live that out this day? Because those things will one day not exist. So give us the courage to speak up and speak out against those injustices that are around us? Would you give us the courage to, to think differently and to begin to step into situations where uh, we might not be comfortable? Would you help us if we don't know uh, anybody uh, that looks different from us? Would you help us to, to go out of our way, to have conversations with people and to get to know what it's like um, in their world? And in doing so, Father, would you change us? Would you change our perspective? And um, would your just would your kingdom just come, and may your will be done. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, everybody. Well, thanks for joining us today for the HC Conversations podcast, and we will see you back here next week. Have a great week.